Thank you for joining us. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Marcia, would you open us in a word of prayer, please?
let's stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 427. We three kings of Orient are standing as we sing.
go to the Lord in prayer for our offering. Brother Richard, would you pray for us? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for your giving. We come and worship you, Lord, in songs and hymns, Lord, and we praise your name, Lord. Now we take the offering, that it's just blessed for your work, that the gospel might be further, that it might reach more lost souls for you. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, baby.
grace unexpected would you believe after all we've projected a child in a manger lowly and small the weakest of all unlikeliest hero wrapped in his mother's shawl just a child is this who we've waited for? Cause how many kings stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? Stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 422. Thou didst leave thy throne. Hymn number 422.
Christ was born just before break of morn, as the stars in the sky were fading, or the place where he lay fell a shadow cold and gray of a cross that would humble a suffered my sin to forgive. Born to die upon Calvary, he was wounded that I might live. Jesus knew when he came he would suffer in shame. Feel every pain and sorrow, but he left paradise with his blood. He paid the price, my redemption to Jesus. I owe from his throne, Jesus came, laid aside heaven fame in exchange for the cross of Calvary. For my gain suffered loss, for my sin he bore the cross. He was wounded and I was set free. suffered my sin to forgive. Born to die upon Calvary, he was wounded that I might live. Dearest Lord, evermore may thy cross I as I follow the path to Calvary of thy death, I partake my ambition, I forsake all my will, I surrender to suffered my sin to forgive. Born to die upon Calvary, he was wounded that I might
Well, amen. It's good to be in God's house today and to have you with us. I would say if we have any first-time visitors, this is not the way the place usually looks. Okay, we've got a uh, children's program this afternoon, and rather than tear it all down, set up a church, and tear that all down and set back up in a small amount of time, we just decided we'd function around it, okay? And so if I get tired, I'm going to take a nappy. (laughs) I still get to take nappies. Isn't that awesome? Hey, if you would, um, remember to pray for someone. This is little Clint Harold. This is the Purcell's grandson. And uh, I was walking by and he said, hey, would you hold me? I'm like, sure, you know, I'd be, I'd be glad to actually, if you know me, I love, I love babies. I love kids. And I just stood at Jamie kind of staring at her, and she goes, oh, you want to hold him, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Uh, Anyhow, uh, his RSV, they took him by ambulance yesterday to a hospital. Um, He had a coughing fit uh, last night, and uh, he may get to go home today, uh, but little guys like that shouldn't have to have it so rough, you know. It's uh, So if you would, just pray for Clint. Pray for mom and dad. Grandma and Grandpa, everybody involved, uh, we know we have a great God, and He'll do great things, and so just remember to pray for them. Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, if you would join me there. Month of December, we started a series of messages entitled Christmas and Prophecy. The first one uh, that we did on the third involved uh, the virgin birth. Uh, Last week, uh, we considered the seed of Christ. Uh, We considered um, Mary's life. We considered Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And today, we're going to consider two different prophecies found in the same portion of Scripture. And I've kind of entitled this the Kingdom of Christ the kingdom of Christ. And so we're at Isaiah chapter 9. If you can, you're able-bodied and willing, if you would, stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God. And actually, uh, let's back up there to chapter 8, verse number 19. And there I'll read, And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep, and that mutter, Should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead, to the law and to the testimony? If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And they shall pass through it heartily, bestead, and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, that they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward. And they shall look unto the earth, and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. Verse 1, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zublin and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, in Galilee, of the nations. 
The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be the burning and fuel for fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you so much for your many blessings to us. Thank you for the wonderful music that we've been able to enjoy this morning. Those who have taken time uh, to work up those numbers and invest the talents that you have given them, God, we just thank you for it. We pray that uh, it will be such to bring honor and glory to your holy name. Lord, we come on behalf of others also, Lord. We think of little Clint there in the hospital. God, I pray that you would give the doctors wisdom beyond themselves and that you would touch his little body and do the work in his life that only you can do. Lord, just heal him up. Might he be able to go home this evening uh, totally healed from this. We know that you are the great miracle working God. You can do that. And so, Lord, we just ask that of you. We pray that you would be with Bobby and Jamie and the girls and uh, that you would be with, uh, of course, uh, the Purcells, Scott and Terry. Just give them the peace that comes from you. And, uh, Lord, uh, we just trust you to work in his little life. Um, we think of Christmas time. We think of the world in which we live. We think of uh, all the, that's going on around us, the wars and the fightings and the earthquakes and the weather and all the different things, Lord. And we just come before you today and we just want to hear from you. We just want to know more from you. We want to learn from your word. We pray to God that you would minister to our hearts, give us wisdom beyond ourselves to understand your word. Might it even uh, pique in us a desire to study more. And God, our desire is that you might be glorified through this and lifted up and exalted. We'd pray and ask for working of the Holy Spirit in our lives and our hearts. And if there be one that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, might this be the day they'd come to that saving knowledge of Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your love. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. And all the people said, Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> So this, uh, as I mentioned, this portion of Scripture, chapter 9, contains uh, two different prophecies that we're going to consider today uh, concerning the birth and the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The first is found in the first two verses, chapter 9. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation 
when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterwards did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, that they dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Now this portion of scripture actually relates, it's a prophecy that's being made, actually relates to our Lord and Savior's earthly ministry in Galilee. Okay, if we go to Matthew chapter 4, uh, we find the fulfillment of this prophecy in Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. There we read, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, that being John the Baptist, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Nephtalon that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon, the land of Nephtalon, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee, of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so the prophecy was made before the birth of Jesus Christ. We find that when Jesus Christ is born and he becomes of age and he begins his earthly ministry, that there's the fulfillment of verses 1 and 2 made in his earthly ministry. Now I find it also very interesting that this, this piece of prophecy is not stopped, okay? We know that we live in a sin-dark world, right? I mean, we're all born into this world sinners in need of a Savior. Uh, you look at natural mankind. If you just walk out on the street and you meet somebody you've never met that maybe has never been to church before in their life, maybe never heard the good news of Jesus Christ, they're just naturally living to please themselves. They're living that natural life. The, the, these things come natural to them. And uh, they have maybe no mooring at all. They maybe have no morality that stops them or makes them even think, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be involved in that. They're just kind of left to themselves. They, they've had no light shined into their life. Now, I remember when the light was first shined in my life. It started when I was a little boy, and my mom and dad said, we're going to church. And I can remember that light continued to shine in my life. I can remember when I became a teenager and I thought I knew more than mom and dad. The light shone a little brighter because dad said, you put your feet under my table, you're going to go to church. My dad was bigger than I was. I said, yes, sir. The light was shining, right? Then I went and got to the point in my life where I was making my own choices, my own decisions, and I sat under the preaching of the Word of God, and I heard a preacher preach and said that we're all born into this world sinners in need of a Savior, and if we never accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our eternity will be spent in a lake of fire for all of eternity. Man, I didn't want that. I didn't want to end up over there. I didn't want to be that person. And he said also in that same message, that if I would ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins, 
that he would come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and I would have a home in heaven. What was he doing? He was shining the light in my life. I was in darkness. I was a natural, sinful person. I mean, I had my wants, my desires, those things that I wanted. But that preacher that day, as he took the Word of God and shared from the Word of God, the light shined into my life, and I had to make a decision. By the way, this may be the first time that you've ever heard this. And I'll just say this, the light's shining in your life right now. You're hearing the truth, maybe for the first time, but you're hearing the truth. The light is being shown in your life, and you're going to have to make a decision. You say, well, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm smarter than that. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to make a decision. Oh, no, you'll make a decision. That will be your decision. Not to do anything. Not to do anything is to say, I don't need Christ right now. I hate to say this, but I actually went for a number of years hearing the gospel message, knowing the gospel message. I would go out and hand out tracts, and I would go out on on youth group activities, all these things. I was involved in church, and and people might look and say, oh, he's saved, he's on his way to heaven, but I I never got on my knees and confessed my sins, asked Christ into my heart. I just went through some motions. I just wanted to be involved. I just wanted to get along. And I never made it a personal decision and a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you, that night when I chose the light, when I asked Jesus to come to my heart, my life changed. There was a change that took place. And I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, God, Please come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. God, I I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. And God, I want heaven as my eternal home. And it was so amazing that through that simple prayer, I got saved. Isn't that wonderful? If that's ever happened to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Isn't it a great deal that they didn't come by a little bit later and say, oh, for that to take effect, I'm going to need a hundred bucks. Because I didn't have it. Oh, for that to take effect, you, you need to do this. And, and for that to take effect, you need to do that. No, salvation is a free gift, freely given to all. Whoever will call and accept that free gift shall be saved. Hallelujah. I'm glad it's free. I'm glad I have it. I'm glad that the light shined in my life. And I'm glad that an old preacher cared to preach the truth of the Word of God. I'm thankful for a mom and dad who said, you're going to go to church whether you like it or not. And I went to church and and I did those things and I heard the preaching and I responded to it. I'm so thankful that I did. Because I don't fear death. I don't fear what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, this this whole world could just be one massive explosion. It's okay with me. Because I know where I'm going. I'm not stuck here. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to go spend an eternity with God. How do you know that? Because the light shined in my life. The light shines in the world. And the world doesn't always like it. There's been times that I've set to explain the good news of Jesus Christ with maybe a neighbor or a friend that I've worked with and you know, I used to mechanic. I think mechanics are some of the most vile people I've ever met. 
And I would sit down with a mechanic friend and try to start a conversation about the Lord. And boy, they'd fill the air with all kinds of foul language. And, and I'm just like, well, I tried. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. It's the greatest possession I've ever been given. It's the greatest possession I have. Why wouldn't I want to share this free gift of salvation? It's not like if I <clears throat> store it up, that I'm going to have it some rainy day. You know, I'm going to pull out. I got all this salvation I've never shared with anybody. Boy, this is a wonderful thing. No. No. It's, it's not going to have any use at all. The only use it has is now while I can talk. Now while I can speak. Now while I can go. Now's the time to share the good news of Jesus. I've met people and I've had them say, listen, you know, Lalo, I'll do this when... Life's not so busy. Can I tell you, life doesn't get less busy. It just seems like it gets busier and busier and busier and busier. So I grew up in that uh, age group where we didn't have little helmets to wear and not everybody got a little participation trophy. I grew up when danger was like the, the greatest challenge of the world, right? So I used to go, there used to be a grade school right over here called Woodsonia Grade School. I went to Woodsonia Grade School, also right over this hill, used to be Monticello Grade School. I went there too. It was amazing. Right over here at Monticello, um, they, it was a, a brick building, and it was surrounded with asphalt in the front and a lot of gravel in the back. All the playground equipment was placed on gravel because we cared about the safety of our children back then. <laughs> now they got little wood chips, little rubber things, and they have people that run around to catch them if they fall. My mom and dad, you know, you'd come home with your arm half broke, and they'd say, hey, just put that arm back in place, suck it up, you'll be all right. Get in there and do the dishes, you know, something like that, something real caring. My dad's favorite words to me was this. I'd say, Dad, I, I, I fell down. Well, did you hurt the ground? <laughs> so caring, you know, just so caring. So I grew up, we had uh, oh, the wonderful playground equipment, you know, we had the swings and we had uh, the slipper slide, which uh, was pure metal and when it got to be like 90 degrees it felt like 110 you know on your bottom and and um, and it was super high you know my wife doesn't like me to climb ladders now man she ought to see me then it was like a, a chimpanzee we had to it seemed like he climbed a mile in the sky got on top and whoo, down and uh, down at the bottom there was usually a mud hole it was so wonderful but I feel like life is like the merry-go-round. The merry-go-round. Of all the things, the merry-go-round was the craziest device. Other than that one that they had all the bars and they were like squares. Yeah, the jungle gym. And they had a, like a pole and you slid down in the middle. And then you tried to get your way out. I'm like, man, who, who invented these traps for children? It's a, wonder to, it's a wonder any of us lived. How many of you lived through that? Yeah, we're an amazing generation. 
If anyone deserves participation trophies, it's us, right? <laughs> We're really, we, we deserve survival trophies. But the merry-go-round, ours was all metal, of course, with uh, gravel everywhere. And uh, we would get on the merry-go-round. What we really like to do, we'd like to catch some girls on the merry-go-round. And then we'd spin that dude just as fast as we could spin it. And around and around and around and around. And it, of course, the ultimate goal was to see someone throw up. Right? <laughs> but there's many times I feel like life is holding on to a merry-go-round with my feet perpendicular to the ground. And it's just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. Why did I say all that? Because if you wait till you're less busy to share Jesus Christ with this world around you, you're going to wait a long time. And we're probably going to be gathered at a box, maybe in a cemetery. And your only, only, only testimony will be what some preacher stands and says about you. Let's don't waste it. You can't take it with you. You can't take all this. I got all this salvation. I got all this free salvation. It's just, it's innumerable. Mine is innumerable and you've got it too. It's innumerable. And I can take it to whoever I want to. And you know what the great thing is? I'll never take it to the wrong address. Everybody needs it. Will everybody accept it? No way. That's what makes it exciting. We need to take it. Oh, and hey, isn't this the best time to be talking about it? I mean, it's Christmas. Everybody's thinking Christmas. Everybody's thinking gifts. Hey, let me tell you about the greatest gift that was ever given. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about a gift that you can have. It's going to be the greatest gift you ever get. It's not one of those things that you have to worry about it fitting or being the right color or any of those things, it's going to grow old with you. You're never going to want to garage sell it. Anybody go on vacation and buy stuff and then come home and a year later it's in the garage sale? I mean, yeah. It's the greatest gift ever given. Salvation freely given that all might be saved. And we have the great commission to take this light and to share it with others that they might see the good news of Jesus. Now, when we think about that, just a few things to note, that our world is full of people who sat in darkness because of the fall of Adam. It was through Adam's sin that sin passed upon all mankind. So you might be saying here today, and you might be saying, well, I don't know who all these sinners are. Uh, it's surely not me. Well, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, it says, wherefore is by one man... Sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You say, not me, I haven't sinned. Oh, yeah, you have. Yeah, you sure have. No, we don't. I don't want to get in a hair-splitting contest with you about it, but the Holy Spirit will help you understand we are all sinners. We all need a Savior. It was through this great darkness that this great light shone. In John chapter 1, 
And verse number one, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word, by the way, is Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him, the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Our salvation is based upon the promise of the light that has shown around us the good news of Jesus Christ, that our sins might be forgiven, that heaven might be our eternal home. The question might be this. Is there anyone who cannot get saved? Anyone who cannot get saved? Boy, what a question. Because see, I could look back at my life and I'm not going to tell you all about my life, but I could look back at my life, and there were some things in my life that I could look back and say, I don't know that God would really want me. Things I've done, thoughts that I've had, things I've been involved in, I don't know that God would really want me. But the good news is this, is that Jesus wants everyone to be saved. He says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're sitting here today and you're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not polished enough, you don't know my background, I just want to say, you don't know my God, because he wants to save you today. Amen. The second prophecy that we see fulfilled here is found in verse 6 and 7. I'll be honest with you, as I begin to build my sermon over the last week and a half, this is where my full attention was going to be on verse number six, and God led me away from it. But my attention is still there. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. This is Jesus Christ. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so we see the second thing. The second thing is the fact that this is referring to the throne of David. Jesus is going to be of the royal line of David, the great king of Israel. In Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33, we read, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Romans 1, 1 through 4 
and many other verses, but Romans 1, 1 through 4, we read, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he hath promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Because of these promises, I think that many thought that when Jesus came, that he was going to be an earthly ruler, physical earthly ruler, and they were missing the true picture. Jesus is going to come and he's going to rule this earth, but it's not yet. Jesus came, born of a virgin, and lived here for 33 years, then was put to death. His reign wasn't at that time. His reign, when it starts, will last forever. His reign, when it starts, will last forever. What what he's talking about here is going to be a physical kingdom that's going to start in the millennial reign of Jesus. It's going to start when Jesus comes to set up his rule upon this earth. Now, I don't have time to go into it, but a short picture of eschatology is something like this. There's coming a day that our Lord and Savior is going to call forth the church. That is, all those who have accepted Jesus Christ uh, since the crucifixion of Christ until now. He's going to call them forth in an event that we call the rapture. We're going to be called forth. It's going to be a wonderful time. I've always enjoyed, or I used to enjoy, I used to enjoy going to Worlds of Fun. They had a ride there called the Detonator. I loved that ride. I really did. It was just like the coolest ride ever. Detonator, you get in it, and it puts this arm thing down over your head, you know, and it buckles up, hopefully. And you're sitting there with probably, I don't know, 24 other crazy people, and uh, they kind of lift you off the ground a little bit, and you're kind of sitting there, and then all of a sudden, boom, and it launches. And like within a second, it's like five million miles in the air. And I don't know how many times I thought, boy, I hope this thing has a catch up there somewhere, because we're just flying through the air. I can't help but think that the rapture is going to be like that. It's going to be so cool. But to be quite honest, I think when the rapture happens, we're probably not even going to know that we're gone to we're gone. Like, how in the world did I get up here? That must have been quite a ride. I'd like to see the replay. That was awesome. It's going to be great. Just great. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. When the rapture takes place, the church is gone. We know that there's going to be seven years of tribulation. There's going to be the first three and a half, according to the book of Daniel, they're really not going to be that bad. There's, the world's going to be in all kinds of turmoil. You think the world's in turmoil now? It's really going to be in turmoil. A leader's going to pop up. He's going to have all the answers. I know who it isn't because our leader can't even remember his name. But um, there's going to be a leader. He's going to pop up. He's going to have all the answers, and everybody's going to just love him. It's just going to be wonderful. False antichrist and going to be there on the scene. And then they enter into, by the way, during that time, Israel rebuilds its temple. A lot of things begin to happen. About halfway through that that, uh, seven-year period, the last three and a half are bad. It's going to be bad. 
to buy and sell, you're going to have to have a mark. It's going to be on your hand or on your forehead. Uh, they're going to get tired of the credit cards. People steal them too easy, so we'll just embed it on your... I used to think that you'd be able to see those things. I don't think necessarily so, as I see some of the technology progressing with chips and other things. But it will be, it will be necessary to buy or sell, the Scripture says, if you're going to buy or sell. And we know that during this time that Israel is going to begin its return to its God, that there's going to be those that will be martyred for the cause of Christ. There's still going to be some being saved during that time. There's going to be 144,000 that are sealed that are during that time. They're going to live in the mountains, the hills, and so forth, and they're just going to just exist. And then we see that there's going to be a war. There's going to be an uprising against God and against his people, a big war, and they're going to have Gog and Magog, which I believe is Russia, and Iran's going to come in. They're going to start this war against little bitty Israel. Can you ever imagine that people would be mad at Israel? Huh. Well, I think we just, we're sitting here just, get the popcorn, honey. This is really getting interesting. Isn't it amazing that just this last week that someone was sharing with me that there was a vote, like 334 people could vote, 333 of them voted against Israel? Tell me the world isn't already set to go against God's people. I used to be able to jump. So this is my rapture practice. I'm, I'm ready to go. If I was 10 years younger, I could jump, but anyhow. I just don't want to fall. That's the main thing. He's coming. He's coming. They're going to come in a massive war. They're going to come down, and we who are saved, who have already been to heaven, we're going to come back on horses. On horses. It's going to be awesome. I hope I get a cowboy hat too, but we're going to come back. We're going to be let. He, by the way, he doesn't need us. You get the idea God needs you? You need to study that Bible a little more. He's going to be at the forefront. King of kings, Lord of lords. He's going to wipe out his enemies at that time, and he's going to establish a millennial kingdom. Millennial meaning a thousand years. The great thing about this thousand year reign is at the beginning, everybody in the world's going to worship Jesus. Satan's going to be taken, taken and cast into a, a bottomless pit for a thousand years. This world is going to be perfect. The plowshares are going to be broken up. The lions are going to lay down with the lambs. It's going to be just an awesome time, something that this world has never known. As these nations come together, as these people come together, and Jesus is going to rule and reign. Matter of fact, Isaiah 2, verse number 4, And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning, horks, uh, pruning hooks, Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Uh, in Isaiah 42, 1, Behold thy servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit unto him, upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. 
the world will live in peace. Isn't that something that the people have tried to do for years? I can remember growing up during the Vietnam War. I had a brother uh, that was drafted back in 1969. And uh, the, the news became very important in our home. Every night we would sit and, and listen to the reports and they would do carpet, uh, carpet bombing and they just go through and just bomb out whole areas over there in Vietnam. And they would begin to spray the forest with Agent Orange. Many of you guys have lived through that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And every night they would give a report of all the casualties that they had witnessed that day. And they would run these numbers. You talk about a horrible time to grow up. It was just, it was sad to see our nation and the, this place where we were at. I can remember it'd get close to Christmas and they'd talk about Christmas ceasefire and they would call off war for one day so people could celebrate Christmas. In Isaiah 11, we read, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put his hand upon the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Satan is bound, peace upon all all the earth. Revelations 20 talks about him. And I saw the angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed for a little season. At the beginning, everyone will worship God. Everyone will want to be close to God. Everyone will want to know him. But we know as time goes on, they'll begin to drift away. And at the end of the thousand years, Satan will be loosed for a season. We don't know exactly how long that is. But when that's all done, the nations rise again. And God, for the last time, will squash the nation uproar. At that time, we'll go to a great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment will be for those who have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that the books will be open. And those who have been saved, their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you've never been saved, your name is not there. And they'll say, Oh, Logan Peterson, let's see. Logan, 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 Logan. Nope, you're not here. Oh, well, well, wait a minute. My mom had a note for me. Can I bring my mom? Can I bring, bring? Nope. You had your chance. The Bible says you'd be cast into the lake of fire for all of eternity. Well, wait a minute. My daddy was a preacher. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. My daddy was a deacon. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was a deacon. Wait a minute. We sang in the choir. Man, hey, wait a minute, I was baptized in five different Baptist churches and three charismatic, just to make sure I was in the right thing. I did this, I did that, doesn't matter. You've never accepted Jesus Christ. 
heaven will not be your home. Preacher, that's awful narrow-minded. Just about this narrow right here. I didn't write it. I just preach it. God is the one who gave it to us. And by the way, this ought to be looked at like a gift from God. That we might know, without this book, I would have never known what I needed to do to ask Jesus to be my Savior. But He loved me so much. He gave me a book. And He said, this is the way. Walk in it. This is what you need to do. Heaven can be your eternal home. Now, I want you to know that in my years and my friend set that I've had through the years, I've had many mock me and ridicule me and say, oh, that's, you're just weak-minded. That's okay. That's your opinion. I'm just telling you one day, according to the Bible, which we find to be true because we just found two prophecies that have been fulfilled, two prophecies, both of them fulfilled, it's very true. And the prophecy is this, one day there's a judgment. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either bound for heaven or you're bound for the lake of fire. The choice, choice is yours. Now those who have made the choice and know heaven is their eternal home, we're so excited, but you know what? Not only are we excited, we want others to go. There's not a friend that I have that I don't want to see in heaven. There's not a family member that I don't want to see in heaven. I want everyone to go to heaven. I want all my neighbors to go to heaven. Even the ones who don't necessarily like me, I want them to go to heaven. I want everyone to go to heaven. Jesus wants everyone to go to heaven. Now it's up to us what we do with what we have to shine the light in the sin-dark world in which we live. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the two prophecies that we've seen fulfilled, how you brought the light into the world, and Jesus as he ministered there in Galilee and the other parts of, of the area there for 33 years and then died upon the cross and the great shining of the light that took place. And now the responsibility for us to shine that same light in the world around us to prepare the hearts for the final days, to prepare each and every one of us for that day that we die or the day that the rapture takes place. Lord, if we've not made that decision today, I pray that today be that day, that day that we'd make that decision that we'd know for sure that heaven's our eternal home. Take this invitation, have your will done, that you might be glorified. We love you. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? We're going to sing a simple song, Just As I Am. If God's spoken to your heart, I'd encourage you to come. We have people here. We take the Bible, show you from the Word of God how you can know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. Whatever your need is today, would you come? Brother Foster leads us this first verse. Just, Just as I am.
good to be together today. Going to have Brother Benson come with our announcements. All right, just a couple things as we're dismissed this morning. Today is the last day for the be able to give towards the uh, Gilson's Christmas. Uh, there's a box out back here in the uh, foyer if you want to uh, be able to get to that. I would appreciate that. And then uh, this afternoon at 1 o'clock, we'll have the patch program. Uh, with all, that's what all these decorations are for here. So uh, come back at 1 and be blessed by that. Uh, tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock is the ladies' Christmas party at the Metzinger's house. Uh, bring your favorite treat to share. And uh, as Preacher said, a little extra to leave for him. Uh, and then uh, next Sunday, we have uh, church at normal time in the morning and then the Christmas Eve service at 1 o'clock. Uh, it's a different service than normal. Uh, bring your family and friends if they're in town and uh, enjoy Christmas Eve service with us. Uh, Brother Russ Lyon, would you dismiss us in prayer this morning, please? Father, we just thank you so much for together.